Greetings and salutations, sports fans all across the wide and wonderful internet. It is time for another glorious edition of Modern Day Gladiators here on the Outlander Media Network. I, as always, your humble yet glorious host, Michael Shibley, the ace of Tennessee sports podcasting with you. We've got another big, big show here on tap. We're talking playoffs. We are talking the PGA Championship. We are talking a huge knockout in boxing. Of course, there is more status quo, really, with the WWE, but their competition is just around the corner. So this is another big, big show. Let's dive right into it. Of course, talking first about the NBA playoffs and the fact that the Warriors, as I keep saying, still pretty good at the basketball even though they don't have Kevin Durant, as the Warriors swept the Portland Trailblazers to reach their fifth straight NBA Finals. Yes, LeBron made eight finals in a row, but that was with two different teams. It's the first team to do it since the 1966 Celtics, back in the Red Auerbach uh, days where they went with Bill Russell and all those guys. They went 10 straight times to the finals from 1957 to 1966. The Blazers uh, losing the game in overtime to the Warriors, 119-117. It was amazing when you look at this playoff in a sweep. How often does this happen? The Blazers led for 101 minutes to the Warriors' 83 minutes in this series. So the Blazers were leading for the majority of the series, but they just couldn't hold leads. They lost 17-point leads in games 2 and 4 and lost an 18-point lead in game 3. So they had over 17-point leads in the last three games of the series and couldn't hold it because the Warriors are that good even without Kevin Durant. And some of the big things, of course, uh, Steph Curry has gone out and reminded all of us how great he still is. All the distraction with with Kevin Durant being there and that kind of, of course, changed the dynamic of the team. And again, I keep reminding everybody, the Warriors, without Kevin Durant, won a title and went seven games in the other one, in losing to the Cavaliers, probably should have won it if Draymond Green hadn't been suspended for Game 5. So just keep that in mind that they were up 3-1 to the Cavaliers in that series. So those are something, again, just to keep reminding yourself. And again, what's amazing statistic, I think when Steph Curry plays and Kevin Durant doesn't, I think the Warriors are like 30-1 and or something like that. They've only lost once, I know that. But they've won 30-plus games without him. And that's one of the big things to watch here. Steph Curry had a triple-double in this last game, which was amazing. He averaged 36.5 points in the series, which I think is the most by any player in a sweep like that. So that's, again, just incredible to see. One of the big things I like, though, that has been huge in this series... And part of the reason they were able to sweep is that Draymond Green is staying out of trouble. He's stopped complaining about the officiating in this series. He's behaving himself a lot more, which is great. I've loved Draymond Green's game when it comes to what he does when he's focused just on basketball. All the extracurricular stuff I don't like, but what else he does is great. And he's had a double-double in all four games in this series, but the last two, he got triple-doubles. Back-to-back triple-doubles in games three and four. So that's something you have to see. And it's amazing when you watch this team because, again, they had to change so much of their play style with Kevin Durant. And by all means, that has been great. Kevin Durant is a two-time finals MVP. So it's not like it's been bad or anything like that. 
It's just been different. They're still a very deadly team. But now the big question is, when you look at all of this going into the finals, are they going to need Kevin Durant to win it? I'm leaning toward a yes, just because if the Bucks get into the finals, if it's the Bucks versus the Warriors, and that series, by the way, tied even at two games, both teams have defended their home court, so we'll see how that game goes. They're probably going to go, well, obviously they're going to go to six games at least, probably going to go seven, but if the Bucks get in, and it's Giannis Antetokounmpo, the MVP most likely of the NBA this season, I don't know if Draymond Green by himself can guard him without kind of going back and probably picking up some technical fouls, which I think would hurt them in the long run. I think you need Kevin Durant there, even though I know Giannis can't do everything by himself. The Greek freak, still a great player, but you just kind of see where things are going with that. I do think if the Raptors get in, you know, yes, Kawhi Leonard is a reigning, uh, well, not reigning, but a few years ago, he won the finals MVP. So he is one of those guys who can get it done. But besides those two players and those two teams, though, Kawhi, I think, is the only one that's really been a factor in an NBA finals out of the Bucks or the Warriors, or not the Warriors, the Raptors, excuse me. So when you look at it, both of those teams really as a unit are going to be playing together for the first time in an NBA Finals, and the Warriors, again, have been there five straight times. So those are definitely things you need to consider when you look at this and see that. I mean, I'm still going to bet on the Warriors whether Durant is there or not. Do I think they have an easier time uh, winning it, I think, if Durant plays? Yes. Now, I could be completely wrong, and we could get another uh, Kawhi Leonard Uh, just miracle job like he did with the Spurs a few seasons ago or the Greek freak could just establish himself as again one of the best players in the NBA right now we'll see of course and we've got plenty of time Uh, the Warriors have 10 days to rest which means Durant has 10 days to rest and see how you know his calf muscle and all that other stuff is going at this point so those are things to consider and it's going to be really interesting because, again, this is the first day when you talk about the NHL and the NBA. There's no playoff game on tonight as of this recording here on Wednesday, May 22nd. So one of the things you got to look at, too, is ratings, again, have been down with the NBA. So much of that, whether you you want to agree with it or not, I think it's a fact. I think it's it's a fact. The fact that LeBron James is not involved in this has hurt the ratings because, again, he's the guy that moves the needle. You have a player that everybody cares about and you have a team that everybody cares about. And you have, that team is the Warriors. So when you have LeBron James, especially when he was in the Eastern Conference, usually those games are on earlier. People watch that game, and then they'll stay up and watch the late game, especially if it's the Warriors. Now you don't have that. LeBron's been out of the playoffs. You got the Warriors. Ratings are still okay with the Warriors, but the Eastern Conference Finals have, I think, like a 50% drop or something like that, which is just amazing to see when you look at the ratings and show that the NBA, yes, LeBron James, very important to the NBA, but you've got to do a better job of getting more players almost to that level with LeBron James. And again, you've got guys like Steph Curry who can get to that level. We'll just see how they decide to do it because at some point LeBron's not going to be there anymore. And I don't know if you're going to get into a problem like you had when you were trying to find the next Michael Jordan. 
We'll see. We'll see what happens when Zion ends up in the NBA. We'll see what ratings do with things like that. So that can be things to look at. You also mentioned ratings. Let me mention this real quick. The fact that Game of Thrones, all of us have been talking about it. Again, you want to talk about any of that stuff with me as well. I've had plenty of opinions on Game of Thrones on my Twitter. Follow me at Michael underscore Shibley there. But you look at it. The Game of Thrones finale had an HBO record, I think, almost 14 million people watching live the Game of Thrones finale. In terms of rating compared to the NFL, even though the NFL ratings have kind of gone down, they went up a little bit last season, but they've been going down the last few seasons, they still would have ranked that episode of Game of Thrones, the finale, would have ranked 71st in NFL ratings for games that happened back in the 2018 season. So that shows, again, how much the NFL, whether you agree with it or not, is still king in America when it comes to what people watch, when it comes to the world of sports and entertainment. So just remember that when you talk about ratings and everything else. So keep that in mind. Going back in, talking about playoffs, the Stanley Cup final has now been set. The Boston Bruins last week swept through the Carolina Hurricanes, and the St. Louis Blues finally getting back to the Stanley Cup. They have not been back there since 1970. They beat the San Jose Sharks in six games, and that was despite it seemed like the San Jose Sharks had been living right with getting, I think, lucky in a lot of things. They had some penalties and different things go their way in uh in previous series they also had in game three they had this hand pass that led to the overtime winning goal in game three against the blues where it was obvious especially using replay that the san jose sharks player had passed the ball with his or the ball the puck with his hand instead of using his stick like he's supposed to do and the refs didn't see it, and they were not able to review it via replay, and people were starting to cry foul there, but the St. Louis Blues came back and won in six games, especially the last two in dominating fashion. Again, the first final for the St. Louis Blues since 1970. They've never won the Stanley Cup, so when you have rooting interest in this one, I'm rooting for the St. Louis Blues. You've got that destiny and maybe a team of destiny, especially when you look. The Blues were in last place in the NHL, As of January 2nd, they fired their head coach, they got a new guy, they went on an 11-game win streak, got back into playoff contention here, made the playoffs, and has made this great run, which is great to see a team rallying like that. Uh, Game one is this Monday coming up in Boston. I'm rooting. I don't have a a horse in this race. I'm going to be rooting for the St. Louis Blues. It'd be great to see a team like that hoist the Stanley Cup. They've been very snake-bitten, mostly by the Detroit Red Wings back in the 90s. They just could not get past Iserman and Fedorov and Coffey and those guys back in the day. So it'll be cool to have the Blues hoist that Stanley Cup. And also, Boston's won plenty lately. I mean, the, the Red Sox and the Patriots both have titles right now. You don't need a third in there, even though it would not surprise me because Boston has been playing lights out. Tuka Rask has been standing on his head uh, in goal for the Bruins. So when you look at all of that, I would favor the Bruins, but I am rooting for the St. Louis Blues. I'm going to make a pick. I'm going to say the Blues in six. Why not? They've been, their theme song has been Gloria from the eighties. You know, that Gloria, Gloria. They've been playing that song ad nauseum. It's been their victory song. It's been their good luck charm, apparently for some reason. So go on with you, St. Louis have it. And Hey, it's not the Cardinals. So I will take that. Um, so 
again, enjoy the Stanley Cup Finals. Overtime playoff hockey, Stanley Cup Finals. It is intense. It should be a lot of fun to watch, so check it out if you can. Moving on to golf here as we wrap up this first segment. Uh, congratulations to Brooks Kepka has been dominating golf. He has won four out of the last eight majors that he has entered, so he's won half of the last eight. Uh, majors that he's been in, including winning the PGA Championship over the weekend at Bethpage Black. He went wire to wire, and he's the um, he's the first one to do that in the PGA, where he was in the lead at the end of all four rounds. Uh, first one since Hal Sutton did it back in 1983, which is the year I was born, 36 years ago. So kind of keep that in mind, that that's tough to do. He did uh, make people have to – we thought he was just going to just waltz right through that final round, but he lost all the stroke lead of the seven strokes he had except one. He was only up by one at one point to Dustin Johnson after having four straight bogeys on the back nine, Um, and the crowd started to turn against him. It's a New York crowd, so of course they're going to do things like shout choke and chant for the other guy because that's what New York fans do. Get used to it. It's golf. I know it's not proper decorum. But it's New York and it's golf. So just be aware of that if you're going to be in that situation. Uh, Dustin Johnson, again, got within one. But he uh, bogeyed uh, the next two holes I think he was on. And uh, Brooks Kepka ended up winning by two strokes. Only Brooks Kepka and uh, Tiger Woods have won back-to-back PGA championships. Tiger did it, of course, back, I think, in 99 and 2000. Uh, also, Brooks Kepka holds the last two U.S. Open championships. He's won those back-to-back, the first one to do that since Curtis Strange back in the late 80s. So that's been amazing to see. And again, we thought he was Kepka was just going to waltz right through the final round. He had just been incredibly dominant. And again, he had a seven-stroke lead going into the final round. It would have taken a lot to screw that up. Almost did it. But it's it's one of those things you almost think when you're in the lead in a race— for so long and you've got a big, big lead, you might not be trying as hard because, again, why exert yourself even more than you have to? And sometimes that happens. You get that big lead, you start to get complacent, and you start to not play as crisp, and it gives the other team or player a chance to claw their way back into it. So, again, one of those things you have to focus on. But, hey, he maintained his focus. He made some good shots at the at the end of the back nine on the final round and got the win, again, by two strokes. And, honestly, I think Kepka could be the favorite. He should be the favorite to win the U.S. Open. It's at Pebble Beach uh, coming up here in June, and that would be three straight U.S. Open championships, which would just be an amazing feat in and of itself. Tiger Woods, we mentioned briefly, he uh, could not go for the second straight major. He missed the cut in this one by one stroke. So again, and I think a big thing with Tiger Woods with that was not playing in uh, leading up to it. He won the Masters, and then he didn't play a competitive round of golf after that, and I think that really hurt him. Again, yes, getting older, he's got to decide when and where he can't play but sometimes when that you got to get those competitive juices flowing I think a little bit more especially with your tiger and you have the the back issues and all these other things going on you still need rounds and competitive rounds to get in there and focus on when the greens are at their most difficult and when the rough is at its most difficult especially the U.S. Open when they just intentionally let the rough grow to about eight feet tall it seems like in there so 
Again, that's my issue with Tiger, but congratulations. Of course, we always talk winners first here on Modern Day Gladiators, talking about Brooks Kepka getting the win in the PGA Championship and hoisting the big Wanamaker trophy. You talk about winners, too. We're going to talk about another winner real quick, and that's Joe Shirt. Joe Shirt, of course, is one of our uh, sponsors here in the Outlander Media Network. They are a locally owned business here in Knoxville, so for all of your uh, apparel printing needs. We've got some great shirts coming to Outlander Media, which you got to check out at outlandermedia.net. Check out everything at outlandermedia.net. But Joe's shirt, they're locally owned here in Knoxville. They've been doing business for 30 years. If you've got a softball team, a business group, heck, if you're a stand-up comedian, and I know just like myself, you're a comedian, you should start a podcast. That's what I've been doing. That's what all of us have been doing, it seems like, here on the Outlander Media Network. But you come up with a, a, a shirt design. You're a Twitch streamer. Get the get shirt design. You can work with Joe Shirt. Go to JoeShirt.com. Their professionals can help you come up with ideas if you don't have any of your own. And they've got great prices, especially if you're local here in Knoxville, Tennessee. You don't have to pay for a lot of shipping and all that stuff. So, again, check them out. JoeShirt.com and get your printing done for, again, T-shirts. They do coffee mugs. They do banners. Any type of printing that you can think of, they can help you with that and get it done and help you out there. And again, JoeShirt.com. And again, real quick, of course, you were listening to Modern Day Gladiators here on the Outlander Media Network. You can check out all the other great shows we've got at OutlanderMedia.net. You can check out Haffle. You can check out DLC Respawn, Deadbeat Radio. We've got some other great uh, shows coming to the network as well. So get ready for all of that awesome stuff. And, of course, like us on Facebook and social media. You can follow me, Michael Shibley, at Michael underscore Shibley on Twitter. Also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at uh, Modern Day Gladiators. Just give the page a good like right there, and you can get all the information. We post extra videos. We post just extra pictures and all that fun stuff. So check all of that out when you get a chance. And, of course, wherever you get your podcast, you can like, subscribe, share. You can do uh Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. So any of the mediums that you listen to the podcast, just check us out there. You can also check us out at outlandermedia.net. There's a nice little media player there as well. But again, wherever you listen, please like, subscribe, share those five-star reviews. That's how uh, the computer programs and algorithms get us out more into the world with your help and getting those five-star reviews. You give us a five-star review, I, as always, will love you forever. But we're going to take a quick break, but we will be back with shibbles and bits and, of course, all the talk about everything happening in pro wrestling right after this. You're listening to Modern Day Gladiators here on the Outlander Media Network. Yes, you hear the music, you know it's time for Shibbles and Bits here on Modern Day Gladiators. Let's jump right into it. Preakness had, again, none of the top four horses that were in the Kentucky Derby. You didn't have, of course, Omaha Beach, who has still been out. All of that stuff, it was a mess. But hey, still a fun race for a couple of reasons. One, congratulations again, as we always thank winners first here on Modern Day Gladiators to War of Will. 
one of the horses that was interfered with at the Kentucky Derby won. Uh, this time he, he gets the, uh, the second jewel of the triple, triple crown, even though of course there's not going to be a triple crown this year, but, uh, he was unfazed. He started from the number one start position again. This time he didn't get lost in the wash that sometimes happens there by the rail. Uh, so good for him and, and getting, uh, the black eyed Susans and all that cool stuff there. But of course the, the biggest story that everybody notices was, uh, Boat Express or Bot Express. Uh, he ran the entire race without his jockey, which was very fun. Um, uh, Boat Express uh, decided to take a shot at winning the Preakness even without uh, a jockey. What ended up happening was jockey John Velasquez was thrown off the horse right at the start. He came right out of the gate and bam, he's gone. Uh, The horse ran the entire race plus an extra lap. Uh, because, again, no rider to control him or anything like that. And he, he's a racehorse. He's trained. This is what he's trained to do. So he's like, screw it. I'm going to keep running with the group. And he was pretty much there. Uh, one of the outriders, one of the uh, attendants, uh, the top of the stretch, because the horse was in the back of the pack. There was He was in last place. One tried to corral the horse and get him off the track because there is a big safety reason. They, they you know, it's fun to see. And thank goodness nobody got hurt. But, you know, you've got a horse like that. That's the reason they called the foul that they did with the Kentucky Derby. Because when you're veering in and out, this isn't auto racing. And again, like I said last week, or before that, sorry, two weeks ago with the Kentucky Derby. It's not rubbing is racing. That's not how this works. You have animals, live wild animals, not wild. And you, you have animals involved where... Veer, one of them, they can get their legs tangled up, they can cause a big wreck, and the horses can get injured and most likely probably get euthanized, you can have jockeys get hurt, you can have all those things happen. By the way, jockey John Velasquez was not hurt uh, after all of this, but again, he was trying to get the horse out of there, but uh, Bot Express just uh, sped right back up and uh, finished the race. He actually finished ahead of some of the horses with riders, uh, but don't worry about that because he still received a did not finish because you have to have, in America, you have to have a jockey on the horse the entire time to qualify for finishing the race. So still just a little fun to see that happen. And since nobody got hurt, it was all in good nature. But again, congratulations to War of Will for winning the 144 fourth running of the Preakness, the run for the Black-Eyed Susans. Moving into college sports here real quick, uh, UT Softball, whew, what an exciting game there at the end of the regionals. UT Softball defeats North Carolina in the final game 2-0 to advance to the Super Regional. Again, the way it's broken down in uh, baseball and softball tournaments in the NCAA, you've got all the teams, they're divided into 16 pods of four and then they play at a regional site and it's a double elimination from there tennessee started off the week uh they defeated longwood and then they faced the winner of ohio state unc in that first game ohio state won that one uh tennessee defeated them 12 to 4 so then what happened was ohio state and north carolina played again unc won then Tennessee just had to beat North Carolina once. North Carolina had to beat Tennessee twice. UNC did beat Tennessee uh, 1-0 off a solo home run in the fifth inning in the game one, so they had to go to a siding game two. Tennessee was able to get two runs in the fifth inning to win 2-0. Great pitching by UT, great defense all around. That was amazing to see, so great job there by UT Softball. Advancing to the Super Regionals to play rival Florida. 
the Lady Vols did win the series versus Florida back in March. It was the first uh, SEC series for both teams. So, of course, a lot has changed since then. Florida, of course, went on to win the SEC tournament in softball. We'll see. Should be a great matchup. It's a 12-5 matchup. Uh, it's, and again, they play a best two out of three series. They're all going to be on the ESPN network, so check those out if you get a chance to root on the Lady Vols. It's going to happen Friday through Sunday. 15 of the top 16 seeds, so all the numbered seeds except one advance to the Super Regionals. The only one outlier is James Madison University. They knocked off the 15 seed Michigan Wolverines, so everybody else is still alive if you're top seed. Six SEC teams still alive. Florida and Tennessee, of course, we already mentioned. Alabama, Kentucky, Ole Miss, and LSU are still alive. And at least one of them is going to make the Women's College World Series because Tennessee and Florida play each other. So we'll see about all of that. Meanwhile, onto the baseball side. Tennessee baseball won the series versus Ole Miss. Uh, they won that two out of three in the final series of the regular season, which should pretty much assure them a spot in the NCAA tournament. Tennessee got a nine seed in the SEC tournament. They played last night. They lost five to three versus the eight seed Auburn. So they are out of the SEC tournament. All of the tournament stuff continues still on the SEC network. Check it out. It's good SEC baseball. Always great to watch that. Congratulations to a couple of Tennessee players as well, making postseason uh, All-SEC squads. Outfielder Elric Soler, he's a first-team All-SEC player, 365 batting average, 49 runs, 11 home runs, 45 RBIs. Not a bad season there for him. Garrett Stallings, he, was, of course, was the SEC Pitcher of the Week against Ole Miss. Also, he was the SEC Scholar Athlete of the Year, and he also made the All-Defensive Team. So congratulations to those guys. Another quick bit of Tennessee news. Uh, Tennessee standout Grant Williams on the basketball team has decided to remain in the NBA draft. So he has put his name in. He's not coming back to UT. Of course, he did a great thing on The Athletic uh, where he made a great video just thanking everybody at Tennessee. And again, we, we talked about this weeks ago where this is not a surprising move for me. I think his draft stock, if he stayed a senior year, it would only be more of like what Peyton Manning wanted to do where, hey, you got some things you wanted to accomplish in college basketball that you think you can accomplish. And that's what Peyton Manning stayed at Tennessee for. Because um, Peyton Manning was going to go number one in that draft if he had gone out as a junior, but he stayed for the senior year. Um, also, Grant Williams decided to get. I don't think he would have improved his draft stock. I think I'm hearing mid to late first round pick for him, which again would be great to see. I love having balls like that. Tobias Harris has done still very well for himself in the league. Um, but again, thank you, Grant Williams, as always, for making us all proud to be from Tennessee, and we wish you the best in your future. We have not heard yet from Jordan Bone. Of course, we'll talk about that when that news breaks here on Modern Day Gladiators. A couple of other quick bits before we get out of here and move on to wrestling. Nike is going to change contracts now to support female athletes during pregnancy. They had been criticized in a number of ways. Uh, some women track stars running while showing their pregnancy um also uh they've been criticized because they've been cutting pay for some female stars who had had children or or pregnant um the big thing about this was back on may 12th uh mother's day weekend obviously an op-ed in the new york times by uh runner um 
let's see if I can pronounce this, Alicia Montano. She wrote an op-ed again in the New York Times where they Nike informed her that they were going to stop paying her while pregnant. This brings up a whole slew of issues. We've talked about this before on a national level. They've been talked about, again, maternity leave. I've been a big fan of paid maternity leave. We're one of the only countries in the world that does not have that, and I think that should be something huge. Good on Nike. Again, they they weren't going to do this unless it was brought to light, and I think it's good on Nike for coming out and saying, hey, we're going to make some changes with this. If you want to alter your previous contract, we will do that. So again, Nike's going to now, going forward as well, if you get pregnant, they're not going to cut payments. They're not going to take away health insurance benefits and different things like that because you are with child as a female athlete. So good on Nike there. Another good thing, uh, we talk about modern-day gladiators. This guy is a true modern-day gladiator, Uh, one of the heavyweight champions of the world, uh, Deontay Wilder out of, uh, was he, he's from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. One of the only good things that's been coming out of Alabama recently. Won't get into that on this show. That's a whole other podcast. Uh, but again, uh, Deontay Wilder just destroyed Dominic Brazil with a just blistering right hand for a first round knockout punch. What an amazing shot that was. I posted the video on our Facebook page, so check that one out if you haven't gotten a chance. Love hearing Mauro Ranello going, Mama Mia, and good night, Irene. Love Mauro Ranello. Love him as the voice of NXT. Man, that was just a great shot. And it, he needed this because he talked about leading up to the fight, almost pulling. You know, and Ivan Drago, if he dies, he dies type of thing, where he had said leading up to the fight, boxing is the only sport where you can kill a man and get paid for it at the same time. It's legal, so why not use my right to do so? Talked about killing this man. They'd had a feud and a beef because of an altercation at a hotel when they were both, uh, both camps had a fight uh, happening uh, back in uh, Madison Square Garden back in June of 2016. So this fight uh, happened there. And so this was, I'm sorry, it happened in, uh, I'm getting my days mixed up. It happened in a a hotel in California uh, back in February 2017. Apologize for getting the dates wrong there. Always try to get everything right here on Modern Day Gladiators. Uh, They had a big buildup and all this other things where both guys had problems with each other. And again, Wilder, not really good saying that you're going to try and kill somebody. I know it's boxing, you want to knock the guy out, but talking about not getting in trouble for killing somebody that's not a good idea um brazil came out and said that he was upset that he thought the ref should not have stopped the fight he did get up around the eight count but he was out on his feet you look at the video and again i've got the video on the facebook page he was he was done at that point there was no way he was going to be able to continue there was still i think about 45 seconds left in the first round and again Wilder had already talked about trying to kill you, and if your head is not in the right spot, if the referee had let him go back out there, Wilder was going to try and kill him, and that could be some big brain damage. The referee did his job by not allowing that fight to continue, so I give him credit for that. And that leaves us where, what is Wilder going to do next? We've got some big fights that we want. Of course, there is the rematch with Tyson Fury. Both guys, they had a great fight back in December. Uh, Fury was knocked down twice by Wilder, but he was able to rally. It was a draw, which is the only blemish on Wilder's record. 
as he's defended his heavyweight championship nine times. Of course, you've got the guy with all the other belts, and that is Britt Anthony Joshua. There's a mega fight there as well. It's good to have some good contest uh, contests going on in heavyweight boxing right now because this is where you see the knockouts. I mean, Wilder uh, was 32 pounds lighter than Brazil, and he was able to just to put him down on the mat. Wilder, one of the best knockout artists you will see in a heavyweight guy, and that's talking all of heavyweight boxing. Marciano, Ali, Frazier, Joe Foreman, all those guys, Mike Tyson, all of them. He's one of the guys that can put you on your butt and put you to sleep and good night, Irene. So congratulations to Wilder. Interested to see who he will fight next. We'll talk, of course, more about that when it comes available here on Modern Day Gladiators. Moving into the world of wrestling. And, of course, not as all quiet in the realm. I was using another Game of Thrones reference here. In the world of wrestling, as, of course, again, fans who are upset about what's been going on at the end of Game of Thrones... You've obviously never been a wrestling fan for as long as I have and care about wrestling as much. Get in line when it comes to being disappointed it finishes. At least in wrestling, you can redo it. Also, if you're upset after eight seasons of disappointment, uh, get in line for me as a Tennessee fan, too. So just remember some of that stuff before you get on the end. You need therapy because you... you you you're upset about Game of Thrones or sad that it's gone, please. As Trevor Noah said on The Daily Show, if you need therapy for a TV show, your life is great. Just remember that. You're having a great life at that point, so keep that in mind. But moving on to the world of wrestling, Money in the Bank, where the ladder match where you have, if you climb up and you grab the briefcase, you can get a title shot and ever. It was won by last-second entrant Brock Lesnar. He is back. He is back in the world title picture because, of course, Vince McMahon is panicking because ratings are not where they're supposed to be. So, of course, bring Brock back. Pay him all that more money. And fans, yes, some fans were very excited and cheering there, but there were a lot who were not happy about the fact that Brock Lesnar is now back in the world title picture again. I'm not happy about it. He needs, as I've said many times, like Andre the Giant back in the day, be a special attraction. Because when you're not involved in the title picture, Brock seems to be more motivated than he is. Because then he can show up when he wants, but the title's not there. I like the title being there and being defended when it needs to be. I'd even take the title back on Roman Reigns at this point. But now, who knows what's going to happen. There's probably going to be Brock versus either, looks like, I'm guessing, Seth Rollins at the, the Blood Money in the Bank or whatever they're calling the next Saudi Arabia show. So, you know, that was it. Um, congratulations, though, to Bailey, who won the Women's Money in the Bank match. Uh, and then she cashed in later on Charlotte after Charlotte had uh, defeated Becky Lynch after the uh, the second match, because Becky Lynch defended both titles in two separate matches back-to-back. First, she defeated Lacey Evans, but then uh, Lacey Evans came down during the match with Charlotte and punched Becky with the women's right, and uh, that was able to help Charlotte get the win there. But then Bailey came out uh, and uh, tried to defend and help defend Becky, and then Charlotte, through all the melee and everything, ended up being knocked out by running into the ring post, and Bailey used her time with the briefcase to cash in. El- one elbow drop later, one, two, three, Bailey is now your SmackDown Women's Champ, and Becky Lynch is still the Raw Women's Champ. So that is good. Best match of the night, no surprise, Seth Rollins defeating AJ Styles. Best match on the card, no surprise. Two great workers, two great professional wrestlers put on a great match. Just And again, 
that, I don't know why we don't see that more. Just have just great workers putting on great matches. That's why I love New Japan so much. Yes, they've got some storyline stuff involved, but it's not just as overblown with what the WWE does. And then you just see great matches, and that's what I want to see. I want to see the drama happen in the ring, and that's a great one. And Seth Rollins and AJ Styles stole the show as we knew they were going to in a great match there. Uh, one of the big things, of course, that happened on Raw, Mick Foley came out and introduced the new 24-7 title, which is just a take on the hardcore title, even though you can't have hardcore matches because TVPG. So now, essentially, the rules are, as long as there is a referee present, uh, you can def- you have to defend the title 24-7 and all these different other rules. Just watch, if you want to watch anything, watch WrestleMania 18, which I'm sure they're going to do the same running gag probably this next WrestleMania where all these backstage guys keep winning and losing the title. I mean, the title changed technically three hands on Raw where Titus O'Neil initially won a scramble for the title, but then Robert Roode pinned him later. Robert Roode spent the time hiding from the mob that was after him. Then R-Truth uh, hit him in a trunk, but then a referee came out, and uh, R-Truth then uh, beat up Robert Roode, won the title on SmackDown. R-Truth was able to keep it, which is great. R-Truth is the perfect guy to have for this because of all the running gags. He's funny. He's a funny guy. It's great to use that talent. Again, accentuate the positives that these guys have, and he was disguising himself as a woman, and of course, hilarity ensued. It was a little too much on SmackDown. I think they had a few too many skits, especially on a two-hour show. But hey, you're trying to put the belt over. The belt looks terrible, by the way. Just Google search 24-7 title, and you'll see what that is. But again, it's 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 something, yes, it's something older that they've done before, but, I mean, WrestleMania 18 and all that stuff, I mean, it was early 2000s, so it's there's a long enough gap you can bring something like that back. Hey, why not give it something it's new and different, and maybe it'll break up some of the monotony of seeing Baron Corbin and Bobby Lashley uh, is the heel tag team taking on whoever else in the main event of Raw, because that happens all the time and still continuing, even though we keep promising new and different things. But that's okay, because speaking of new and different, All Elite Wrestling, AEW, Double or Nothing, is happening on Saturday. I've got the day off, the evening off, the pay-per-view has been ordered, the beer and the pizza are ready, it's going to be a great watch party at Casa de Shibley, so that's going to be amazing to see, it's going to be a great card, the matches just top to bottom are going to be amazing, I'm going to run them down real quick and then we will get out of here for this week again. It's going to be amazing. On the pre-show, they've got the Casino Battle Royal. So they've got a bunch of guys. There's going to be 21 of them. They're doing the Battle Royal a little bit differently. The pre-show is called the buy-in. It's happening at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, so why not? Um, Anyway, what it is is five. they're all drawing uh, cards out of 21 cards, out of a deck of cards. Um, All of the wrestlers, the five of the wrestlers who draw and have the same suit, all go out at the same time. They start the match. Then three more will come in, or five more will come in in three minutes, and then the next five, and then the next five, and then the last person who drew the wild card at 21 comes out last. Uh, And then the winner of that whole battle royal, over-the-top rules apply, uh, gets a title shot for whenever they announce the AEW world title, whenever that may come, uh, should be coming very soon my winner i'm gonna pick it it's mjf he's a great heel he's been great on being the elite and all that other stuff so i'm going with mjf to get the win in that one another great match on the buy-in it's going to be sammy guevara and kip saban i'm going with kip saban to get the win over sammy in that one some other great ones here a women's 
Uh, six women tag matches happening. Aja Khan, Yuka Suzuki, Emma Sakura versus uh, Hikaru, Shida, Riho, and Ryo uh, Mizunami. I'm going to go with Aja Kong. She's been a legend in women's wrestling in Japan for a long, long time, so I've got her getting the win there. The other women's match will be a three-way dance. Dr. Britt Baker versus Kylie Ray and Nyla Rose. I'm going to go with Dr. Britt Baker getting the win in that one. You've got a great tag team match. And again, I love that AEW is doing a great job on putting a big focus on tag team wrestling. Uh, the fact, again, very, again, a very Southern wrestling thing. Also, the fact that you see the just misery that is the tag team division in the WWE. That's part of the reason the Young Bucks didn't uh, join the WWE. It was because they just did not like what the tag team uh, scene was like up there. So... Anyway, moving back, you're going to have a really good one here. The best friends, Chucky T and Trent Beretta, will be taking on Angelico and Jack Evans. Uh, you can check any of uh, Angelico and Jack Evans if you're unfamiliar with them. Uh, check out Lucha Underground. Both of those guys were great there. I've got the best friends getting the win in that one. You've got SoCal Uncensored, Chris Daniels, uh, <laughs> uh, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky versus... Uh, the guys from Oriental Wrestling Entertainment, a group out of Japan that All Elite Wrestling has partnered with, the legendary Sima, T-Hawk, and L. Lindemann. I'm going to go, actually, with the OWE guys getting the win in that one. Cody Rhodes versus Dustin Rhodes. Rhodes versus Rhodes, the son of the great Dusty Rhodes. Uh, of course, we had a kind of brother versus brother match when they were both in the WWE as Goldust and Stardust, but this is going to be much better. Check out on Nightmare Family. Check out the promos they did leading up to this match. It's amazing. It made me want to watch it. I'm just amazed with it. I'm going to go actually with, jeez, uh, I don't even know who I want to win or I'm rooting for or picking in that one. I'm going to go, somehow I'm going to go with, it's it's Cody's show with uh with the young bucks so i'm gonna go with cody getting the win in that one then of course you've got uh kenny omega versus chris jericho 2 check out their wrestle kingdom 12 match it was amazing it totally reeked of awesomeness i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go actually with chris jericho somehow getting the win in this one i think i'm gonna get him pulling the upset because he does have an iwgp championship match against kazuchika okada a couple of weeks from now at dominion in new japan so i'm gonna go with chris jericho getting the win there and then the main event is gonna be the young bucks versus the lucha bros pentagon jr and ray phoenix again check them out in lucha underground the triple a world tag team championship on the line in this one i actually have the young bucks retaining in that one of course the Pac hangman page match was canceled Pac having some creative differences uh, with everybody at All Elite Wrestling. They did have a match. You can check it out on the Being the Elite uh, YouTube page. It happened at WrestleGate over the weekend with Pac versus Hangman Page. Check that out. Should be an awesome match there. But all in all, double or nothing, I think it's going to be an amazing card. I can't wait to watch it. It's well worth the money on pay-per-view to check this one out. Uh, I've paid for it. It's ready to go. I'm excited for it. We'll talk about that, of course, and more on the next week's show of Modern Day Gladiators. But until then, I have been Michael Shibley. Again, as always, please like, subscribe, share, five-star review, comment. We want to hear from you. Interact with us, and I will be happy to interact with you if you have any questions, comments, critiques, anything. I want to hear from you guys. But until then, too sweet. Love you. See you next time.